0: This is Guns and Butter.
1: And that is the logic of the Boston bombings. People are afraid, particularly when there's a national uh, state of emergency in Boston, when you're not allowed to go out. Uh, where you see all these thousands of cops all over the street, they're not there to go after that 90-year-old. They're there for the photo ops. They're there for the media. They're there to intimidate people. And so a massive casualty-producing event like that of Boston uh, is there to create that uh, mindset uh, whereby people actually accept to militarize our country with a view to protecting democracy. That was a little bit the, the mindset of, of, uh, of Nazi Germany in, in the early 30s.
0: I'm Bonnie Faulkner. Today on Guns and Butter, Michelle Chosarovsky. Today's show, Boston Truth, The Suspects, Who is Behind Al-Qaeda? Michel Chosarovsky is an economist and director of the Center for Research on Globalization, based in Montreal, Quebec. He is the author of The Globalization of Poverty and the New World Order, War and Globalization, the Truth Behind September 11th, and America's War on Terrorism. Today we discuss the Boston Marathon bombings, the Chechen connection, media disinformation, U.S. support of Al-Qaeda, the consolidation of the American police state, the geopolitical implications of the bombings, and the two brothers accused of being the perpetrators. Michel Chosodowski, welcome.
1: Delighted to be on, on the program again. Thank you.
0: And Michel, Patriot's Day commemorating the first battles of the Revolutionary War is celebrated on the third Monday of April in Massachusetts every year and is the day the Boston Marathon is run. This year, on Monday, April 15th, Two bombs were detonated at the finish line of the Boston Marathon, severely injuring the lower extremities of many in the crowd and killing three. 9,000 police and SWAT teams shut down Metropolitan Boston in a hunt for a 19-year-old University of Massachusetts student. Global Research will be publishing a series of articles and reports with a view to promoting Boston Truth, What is the underlying objective of Boston Truth?
1: Well, first of all, this event um, has been twisted upside down by the corporate media. The FBI has come up with contradictory reports. Um, There's such a a background of, of media disinformation surrounding the event and how this event is used to usher in um, a police state environment. I mean, the the emergency measures taken in Boston indicate the direction which the Obama administration is going as far as civil liberties is concerned, using this event uh, in the most uh, despicable fashion. Um, 9,000 heavily armed police pursuing a 19-year-old this uh, young man uh... allegedly of chechen descent but in fact he wasn't even born in chechnya has links to al qaeda or has links to the chechen insurgency which is an affiliate of al qaeda there's very little supporting evidence to that effect Um but even prior to a police investigation and prior to a legal procedure innocence until proven guilty has been scrapped and uh, in fact President Obama, who is a graduate of Harvard Law School, has has already accused him of being guilty of heinous crimes without a shred of evidence and prior to being charged in a court of law. Uh, So that is one dimension there's there's so much information which has emerged pictures of a, of the event um SBI uh, fabrications the history of FBI support to would-be terrorists in, in the course of the, the last few years uh we recall the you know the terror alert systems uh, the color alert systems which were put in place by Homeland Security. This is the environment. And the the broader question is the broader question is where is the terrorist threat and who are behind the terrorists. Uh, the US government has supported terrorist organizations right from the outset of the Soviet Afghan war. Al-Qaeda is a creation of the CIA. We know that. But what is increasingly evident is that in the last few months, the United States government, through Secretary of State John Kerry, is actually supporting al-Qaeda. Now how could you be supporting al-Qaeda financially? And this is very open. It's not, it's not even an issue of a, a covert operation. John Kerry goes to, you know, goes to Turkey, meets up with the Syrian opposition leader and says, here's the money, and that money is for al-Nusra. And al-Nusra then says, we are affiliated with al-Qaeda. But again, it's something which you simply then shove off. You shove the lie and, and you turn it upside down. It becomes truth. And when the lie becomes the truth, it means essentially that... The United States is waging a global war on terrorism. But when you start to dig a little bit, you see that, in fact, the people whom they're supporting are the terrorists which they're going after. So it's a very contradictory situation. Why is this related to the Boston bombing? Why is it related to the various terror alerts which are taking place around the world? Well, precisely because you can't, on the one hand, indict terrorists or alleged terrorists affiliated to al-Qaeda, and at the same time support al-Qaeda. Because essentially, when you, when you start to examine these contradictions, you realize that the people who should be the suspects are John Kerry, George W. Bush, Obama. Uh, we know, for instance, that George W. Bush uh, has very close links to the bin Laden family to the brothers of bin Laden, of Osama bin Laden. Now, is he a suspect? Is he a would-be terrorist? No, he's not. He goes, he meets these people. It's the bin Laden family. Surely when you meet up with the bin Laden family, you you might be a suspect because, uh, you know, their the family and kinship ties between... Uh, enemy number one, Osama bin Laden, and his brothers, his sisters, and his his, uh, his family members. But it's all right for George W. Bush to meet up with the brother of bin Laden, and this is considered to be totally normal. But anybody who has any suspicious relationship or hearsay, etc., etc., is branded as a terrorist. And in this particular case of the Boston bombings, there's very little evidence which indicates that this 19-year-old student uh, is certainly certainly not guilty, uh, but there's very little evidence against him. And now what is happening is that um, there's a Chechen connection which is unfolding. Uh, namely, these two brothers, they're called the Chechen brothers, in effect, are allegedly linked to the Chechen insurgency, and the Chechen insurgency is an Al-Qaeda-affiliated organization. Now, I should mention that if anybody is responsible, and if this connection is actually the connection between the Boston Bombers and the Chechen insurgency, if, if there's any basis to those accusations, then I should say, who is behind the Chechen connection? Well, who is behind the Chechen connection is very clear. It's U.S. intelligence. And uh, the, the main actors in the Chechnya wars and insurgency, which go back to the 1990s, and which essentially were an initiative of U.S. intelligence to destabilize the Russian Federation. Well, these leaders were trained in Pakistan. Uh, They were supported by U.S. intelligence. And they were sent back to Chechnya to wage a war against uh, Russian troops. Uh, There's fairly good documentation on this. But I'm mentioning this because uh in essence, uh if Chechnya is um, identified as a terrorist entity, we have to ask ourselves who is behind these rebels? And the answer is US intelligence. Uh, bear in mind The wars in Chechnya set the stage for the wars in Libya and Syria. The nature of that insurgency is very similar to that which has occurred in Syria since March of 2011.
0: You have written in your latest article, Chechen Truth, The Chechen Connection, Al-Qaeda and the Boston Bombings, that, broadly speaking, the same guerrilla terrorist tactics applied in Afghanistan were implemented in Chechnya. Uh, Chechnya is an autonomous region of the Russian Federation. What is the history of the two Chechen wars? Well, there was
1: an initial uh, war in Chechnya in 94-96. It was waged in the immediate wake of the collapse of the Soviet Union, and what happened was that uh, the main leaders of this insurrection, um, Shamil Bazayev, as well as um, Al-Khattab, they led the insurrection uh, following a training stint in Pakistan under the auspices of the inter-services intelligence, which is Pakistan military intelligence, which is tied up to the CIA. And so what happened is that uh, the insurgency was led by Mujahideen fighters who had been trained by the CIA. Now, everybody in the intelligence community knows this. They know that the wars on Chechnya served essentially two purposes. They were, one, an attempt to fracture the Russian Federation, create divisions, in the same way as they fractured the Soviet Union by by supporting regime change and insurgencies and and so-called civil wars in different parts of of the Soviet Union. But this was a war which took place in the wake of, of the collapse of the Soviet Union, and it was to weaken the Russian Federation. It was also meant to demonize uh, the Russian state and the Russian government. Uh, the response of the Russian troops was brutal to this insurgency. But again, media disinformation ultimately placed the blame on they placed the blame on the Russian government. At that time, it was Yeltsin, and subsequently, the second um, the second Chechnya war was launched in 1999, and it was launched by Vladimir Putin, and essentially that war was there to more or less regain control over Chechnya and, and eliminate uh, uh, the insurgency. And in large part, that objective was achieved. In, in, in other words, the, the major um, military uh, commanders were displaced. Uh, Bazayev actually was, was killed. Um but it's very important to understand that uh it was the United States which was behind this um conflict. They were calling the shots. It wasn't the Chechen Al Qaeda affiliated rebels, it was US intelligence through Pakistan uh Pakistan's ISI, Inter Services Intelligence. And the ISI uh and its proxies were, uh, were involved in this war. So uh, typically this uh, war in Chechnya had certain features similar to, to those of Afghanistan, uh, where you support the Mujahideen. That was the project of Ronald Reagan, as we recall, uh, the so-called freedom fighters. Well, these freedom fighters were, in fact, al-Qaeda. Okay, the word al-Qaeda was not used at the time, but Osama bin Laden was recruited at the time, and Ronald Reagan supported them. And then subsequently, the same model was applied in other, in other parts of the Muslim world, uh, including Bosnia, Kosovo, and, of course, in Chechnya. Uh, uh, this is a Muslim autonomous region within the Russian Federation, uh, and uh, uh, they supported an insurgency. They send in the Wahhabi missions from Saudi Arabia, and ultimately the objective was to to, uh, to weaken the central government uh, and to undermine the Russian Federation. And so that is the underlying um, that is the context of this uh, Chechen war.
0: I'm speaking with economist and director of the Center for Research on Globalization, Michel Chodovski. Today's show: Boston Truth, the suspects, who is behind Al Qaeda? I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter.
1: Now, how does it relate to the to the Boston bombings? Uh, essentially, in bringing in to the narrative, uh, a so-called Chechen connection. Ultimately, there are a number of issues. These alleged terrorists, the so-called 19-year-old suspect, which visibly was, was used as a patsy, he wasn't even born in Chechnya. Um, he and his brother had no visible connection to the jihadist movement, but that is something which is being looked into at the moment. I suspect that they were framed, and that um, the FBI, as well as the U.S. media, had carefully crafted a Chechen connection. But what is important here is the fact that the United States is now threatened, not by the terrorists from the Muslim world but terrorists from the Russian Federation okay I mean previously we had reports of um, threats emanating from uh, terrorist sales in Saudi Arabia in Afghanistan and so on and involved in uh, you know in, in attacks in various parts of the world we can think of the London bombings and so on in other words Muslims were always involved in these so-called, in these staged attacks. And the ultimate objective is also to demonize Muslims and to smear Muslims across the land in the United States. And this is also part of establishing um, a homeland security agenda, a police state apparatus, um, ushering in uh, martial law. But now we have a uh, Muslim threat which emanates from Russia. And that is something which seems to be rather contradictory, but there's already an insinuation in some of the reports that the Russian Federation may have something to do with these bombings. Okay, Or at least this is something which might emerge at a subsequent stage. Uh, why is it that they've chosen a Chechen connection rather than, than a straightforward, let's say, uh, uh, Middle East uh, connection.
0: Well, exactly. I mean, really, the question is, is there a foreign policy agenda behind the bombings? And, and what are the geopolitical implications of the Boston bombings with this uh, Chechen connection that you're pointing out?
1: Well, I should also mention there's another dimension to this. Uh, just, uh, just this week... Um, in Toronto uh there was an announcement by the Canadian authorities to the fact that there was um uh, uh, there was uh, an al-Qaeda initiative to blow up a train or to derail a train okay and uh they said oh this is um some kind of initiative on the part of terrorists uh we have very little information on this so far but the media is now referring to Al Qaeda in Iran. Now, anybody who has a minimal understanding of of, uh, of uh, you know these concepts knows that Al Qaeda in Iran uh, could visibly not be connected to the Iranian government because Iran is a country which is predominantly Shiite, and Al Qaeda is a is a radical jihadist Sunni. Uh, entity so that to start building some kind of of connection between the Iranian government and al-Qaeda the an alliance is uh, is visibly is a fabrication but it is now being used as a as a media ploy okay so iran is the enemy because iran is supporting al-Qaeda now you know anything is possible when you when you're dealing with lies and fabrications and the Chechen connection raises the issue is the Chechen connection in any way linked to the fact that Russia may be designated as supporting uh, these terrorist entities when, in fact, we know historically that the Chechen insurgency was a U.S. project? And it was directed against the Russian Federation with a view to destabilizing the Russian Federation. But now you may twist realities upside down and say, well, Vladimir Putin is supporting or actually is maybe he's not supporting, but he is not doing anything to, to clamp down on these, on these terrorists. And therefore, he is now exporting. Uh, these terrorists to America, so that is one of the the things which I think is worth pointing out. It it raises a new paradigm. Uh, it raises a new uh, uh, a new element in the sphere of media disinformation, namely that uh, the Russian Federation is harboring uh, Muslim terrorists within its territory, and that these Muslim terrorists from Chechnya have links to the suspects in in Boston. And some some people are now insinuating that Russia may be behind these bombings. It seems far-fetched, but it, it is in the area of media disinformation that's ultimately what, what often happens.
0: What I read in the newspaper today, or what I read online today, quote, authorities tell ABC News they now believe the two foreign-born brothers were inspired to violence by the internet preachings of al-Qaeda leader Anwar al-Awlaki, the charismatic American-born radical jihadist who has been dead now for more than a year. They used instructions from an al-Qaeda internet magazine to make their pressure cooker bombs. Seth Jones, a counter-terror expert at the Rand Corporation, said the attack's simplicity and homegrown origins may wind up being some of the most chilling aspects of the Boston bombing. Quote, This is kind of the Al-Qaeda modus operandi now, not relying only on operatives, but trying to get people do-it-yourself radicalization, to build their own bombs without coming to a training camp in Pakistan or Yemen or other locations, Jones said. So it sounds like the media is orchestrating, along with Rand Corporation and others, this whole concept of homegrown terrorism. And then, of course, this leading to, what, the solidification of a domestic police state.
1: Yeah, what sounds incredible in, in these um, explanations, which, which ultimately sound very authoritative, because they say, according to the RAND, according to uh, the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, according to Heritage, etc. I mean, they'll quote a number, half a dozen think tanks, the Wall Street Journal, and, and then you say, well, how on earth um, is it that the FBI... Uh, the National Guard, the SWAT teams, the CIA, all clubbing together, going after a 19-year-old, uh, aren't able to actually uh, ensure the security of, of, uh, you know, of an event like the, the Boston Marathon. It sounds absurd that these homegrown uh, terrorists, you know, using pressure cookers, confront 9,000 cops, okay? And and then after that they publish the pictures of a 19 year old kid who's studying at UMass. Um, the testimonies that come from his his friends at UMass say, well, no, this guy's his profile is is just like any other kid. He's you know he's studying at the university. He lives in the dorm. He's a nice guy. He's more or less American in his culture. But, I mean, if, if these 9,000 cops can't come to terms with homegrown terrorism, uh, the, the conclusion which we should arrive at is they're bloody well inefficient in what they're doing. But there's something else, and that is the whole process of, of media distortion which is underlying this event. There's certain common sense conclusions A, they're two individuals one of them is 19 year old the other one has been killed although then there were reports of of him alive and handcuffed and then subsequently they said oh he's he was shot in crossfire attempting to defend himself or whatever okay but yet there were there were pictures of him handcuffed to be confirmed uh, was he assassinated or was he simply uh, caught in crossfire and killed accidentally. Uh, these are issues to establish. There was a report saying that, that they had uh, robbed a 7 Eleven store, and that report was totally fabricated. So, so many different um, dimensions of media disinformation attached to this event. There's another, of course, there's another um angle to the understanding of the boston bombings immediately when the boston bombings occurred uh the media started to suggest and the council on foreign relations that this was some kind of second 911 they didn't use the term second 911 but they said it it recalls 911 as if this was something this was a was a catastrophic event which would ultimately lead to a certain realization of the the American public that we have to defend ourselves against these terrorists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's totally absurd to say that this 19-year-old student is a threat to the security of the United States of America with a multi-billion-dollar homeland security uh, uh, budget and so on and so forth. But again, when you when you read the reports, the Council on Foreign Relations says. Well, uh, according to counter-terrorist experts, this is is reminiscent of 9-11, and uh, there are security risks. We have to implement new measures to address uh, the Boston bombings and make sure that they don't happen again. And again, all this points in the direction of anti-terrorist legislation, which would um, allow for targeted assassinations, arrests without warrants, you know, the repeal of habeas corpus, the categorization of terrorists as enemy combatants. Well, they, they aren't able to do it for uh, the 19-year-old student because he actually is a U.S. citizen. But, you know, that is the implication. And uh, the implication is that uh, the United States and its allies are under attack even though they're waging wars all over the world but the homeland is under attack and this time the homeland is under attack by uh chechen uh rebels or at least individuals who are linked to the chechen rebel network and that chechen rebel network is located in the russian federation and The next step in the argument will be to say, well, those Chechen rebels in the Russian Federation are a threat to our security. Hey, Vladimir Putin, what are you doing? And this may be used again against Russia as a propaganda ploy. It's a very cheap propaganda ploy to say, well, the Russians are behind this or tacitly behind this.
0: I'm speaking with economist and director of the Center for Research on Globalization, Michelle Chosadovsky. Today's show, Boston Truth, The Suspects, Who is Behind Al-Qaeda? I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. What do we know about anthrax and ricin-laced letters received in Washington, D.C.? Wasn't one even addressed to Obama, this is reminiscent of 9/11, isn't it? You mentioned that 9/11 is coming up in the media narrative. Well,
1: I, I noticed that uh, that there were uh, alleged anthrax and ricin letters uh, which uh, mysteriously surfaced in the immediate wake of the, of the Boston tragedy, and uh, and this uh, started to to uh, drive attention to the fact that the nation is being attacked, not only by the Boston bombers, but maybe by other uh, actors. And, and so it, it raises the level of, of uh, let's say, of insecurity prevailing.
0: Has the specter of civilian casualties been raised in the past to uh, promote the idea of a, of a domestic war against terror?
1: Well, that was essentially the, the basis of, uh, of 9-11. Uh, the casualties incurred in 9-11, uh, which was significant, the, the destruction, uh, was there to galvanize public opinion in favor of a war on Afghanistan. And that war on Afghanistan, which had already been planned well in advance of 9-11, was launched on the 7th of October less than a month after the, the events uh, in, uh, in Washington and New York uh, uh, on September 11, 2001. Uh, so massive casualty-producing events where people die uh, have served policymakers. It's, it's a very diabolical project, but uh, it's well understood even in U.S. military doctrine that the deaths of civilians raise what the Pentagon calls a useful wave of indignation, which then um, galvanizes support for a military agenda. And, uh, and the question is, who is behind these civilian deaths? And it's also the, the notion that people... Lives are being threatened. I, I saw immediately after the Boston bombings occurred. people interviewed on mainstream television on the radio and says, "Oh, uh, you know, I want my government to make my life secure. I feel very insecure i 'm threatened by the Muslims. It was always uh, It was always relating to the fact that there was a population group, the Muslims, who were behind these terrorist attacks, and so the massive casualty-producing event creates two effects in people's mindsets. One, it creates fear and insecurity, and that's exactly what they want. People feel threatened. Uh, and secondly, it creates compassion for the civilian deaths, solidarity, compassion. Of course, we, we all have that. Okay? When people die, we, f- we have a feeling of sorrow, okay? And that is something which is very important, you know, in people's lives. But when it's used for political purposes, then the whole issue of sorrow is is, is distorted. Uh, but policymakers who are very cynical and diabolical know, very, very clearly know, that when people die, they can use those deaths for political purposes. They can use it either to initiate a, a war, or they can use it to... Um, to usher in uh, a police state apparatus. And there was one very important statement made by General Tommy Franks back in the heyday of 9-11. In fact, this was a statement he made in the wake of the war on Iraq. And I should situate who is General Tommy Franks. General Tommy Franks is a former central commander, CENTCOM commander, okay, Uh, central command is the military entity it's the geographic command which led the invasion of of Iraq in 2003 and general Tommy Franks was leading that invasion and in the wake of the invasion he retired and in an interview which was published in December 2003 in a a magazine called Cigar Aficionado, he actually elaborated upon the notion and belief that civilian deaths were necessary to raise awareness and muster public support for the global war on terrorism. It's a very diabolical concept. And I'll quote from his interview. He says, a terrorist massive casualty producing event will occur somewhere in the Western world, it may be in the United States of America, that causes our population to question our own constitution and to begin to militarize our country in order to avoid repeat of another mass casualty-producing event. And he was putting forth this concept uh, as a means to protecting democracy, namely that uh, if people realize that it 's necessary to militarize our country as a means to protect the American people, well then what you have to do is to establish a police state which ultimately protects democracy, so that what he was proposing uh, is to militarize the United States of america he says militarizing our country as a means to protecting democracy. It sounds absurd, but that is the logic. And that is the logic of the Boston bombings. People are afraid, particularly when there's a national uh, state of emergency in Boston when you're not allowed to go out, uh, where you see all these thousands of cops all over the street. They're not there to go after that 19 year old They're there for the photo ops. They're there for the media. They're there to intimidate people. And so... Uh, a massive casualty-producing event like that of Boston uh, is there to uh, create that uh, mindset uh, whereby people actually accept to militarize our country with a view to protecting democracy. That was a little bit the the mindset of of uh,
0: of Nazi Germany and in the early thirties. The people in Boston were told to quote, shelter in place. Everyone had to stay home. They couldn't go to work. They shut down the public transit system. I mean, this is unprecedented in U.S. history, isn't it?
1: Well, I, I, I think it is. I, I think one has to gather the various testimonies of people in Boston, how they lived through this experience. But I think probably the, the mindset Uh, of the majority of the population of Boston is to say, yes, our lives are threatened, okay? And and under those conditions, they will support their government without realizing, perhaps, that their lives are threatened by their government because their government supports terrorism.
0: Has a new wave of Islamophobia been set in motion, do you think?
1: I think it's too early to, to answer that question, but inevitably what is happening is that terrorism is associated with Muslims. And that was even implied in Obama's statements. Uh, And it was implied in the profiling of the two alleged suspects. Uh, They said, well, even if they're not part of a Muslim extremist network, Uh, They have some kind of embedded cultural heritage and Muslim background, which incites them to violence. Now, I'm quoting the, you know, we can quote the Wall Street Journal. It says it very clearly. It says the Chechen background is maybe a part of what leads them to do what they do. And they're referring to the suspects. And then they quote some, you know, some scholar in at the University of Zurich in Switzerland, who is an expert on, on, the, on the Chechen insurgency. You know, so what is now being instilled in the minds of millions of people is the fact that Muslims have some kind of innate uh, violent characteristics, that they are, you know, they're, they're genetic into terrorism. And, and so that, that's a very, of course, a very, very dangerous uh, tendency it implies that uh, Muslims will be incited naturally to violence and consequently uh, Americans should, should beware. And I would suspect that Muslims across America are already the object of this kind of, of profiling.
0: What evidence has been provided of the brothers' guilt or that they are radical Muslims?
1: Well, to this date, there's very little evidence which has been revealed which would confirm that they are linked up to a terrorist network. And there's, there's, there's little to no evidence to the fact that they are behind the bombings, apart from the fact that they were, they were present, like many other people, at, at the marathon. Uh, they have been pronounced guilty uh... in advance of of any kind of police investigation uh... and they've been pronounced guilty largely as a result of uh... reports published by the media and, and certainly not emanating from from a uh, police investigation uh... and that i think is sort of a crucial issue uh, the legend has been created Uh, They are part of the Chechen connection, and uh, they are threatening America. They are part of the homegrown Islamism, which has been exported to America by the Russian Federation. And the news tabloids across the United States have essentially um, presented that version of events and they've compared the Boston Marathon to uh, to 9-11. I think it's also worth mentioning, since we're talking about massive casualty-producing events, that on the very same day of the Boston Marathon, there was a mass casualty-producing event in Iraq, of a a much more significant one, it was unreported. It was a terrorist attack with, uh, with uh, 26 car bombs, and it exploded in different parts of Baghdad simultaneously. It was a very well-organized uh, attack. Seventy-nine people were killed, and there were most probably, I don't have the figures on the wounded, hundreds of wounded people by all accounts, this event was far more dramatic than that of Boston, uh, and the question is, well, who is behind it? But uh, again, you know, you can focus on a massive casualty-producing event and and blow it up from a media point of view, but the fact that that when uh, people die in in Iraq or Afghanistan as a result of an explosion or terrorist event, very often linked up to occupation forces and we know that okay the occupation forces are behind they may not be directly involved but they support the groups which are involved in these in, in these uh, bomb attacks well very little media coverage very little in terms of acknowledgement of of uh, human casualties when uh, president obama orders um, uh, drone attacks in afghanistan people get killed children get killed but again, it is not necessarily something we wish to highlight.
0: I'm speaking with economist and director of the Center for Research on Globalization, Michelle Chosadovsky. Today's show, Boston Truth, The Suspects, Who is Behind Al-Qaeda? I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter.
1: So that here we have a high-profile event in Boston at the Marathon, It's immediately something which becomes mainstream media all over the world. And at the same time, it has a narrative attached to it right from the outset that this is the work of terrorists. Uh, These terrorists are affiliated to al-Qaeda. They are from the Russian Federation. And then nobody begs the question, who is behind al-Qaeda? Who is behind the Chechen rebels? Well, the answer to that is the United States of America, it's intelligence apparatus. And that goes back to, you know, to the initial um, contradiction. You cannot wage a meaningful national security agenda to protect the people of the United States against terrorists when you are, in fact, the architect and the protagonist of Islamic terrorism. Uh, Those organizations, whether they're behind the suspects or not, I mean, that remains to be established, but those organizations are creatures of U.S. intelligence. And uh, consequently, U.S. intelligence is a threat to national security. That, I think, is the conclusion. The United States government is a threat to the security of its own people because they are supporting organizations which they use in various contexts to uh, undertake uh, massive casualty-producing events, like those which have occurred in Syria. And we know that John Kerry is behind them. We know it, because the reports confirm it. John Kerry is bringing money, weapons, and equipment to the al-Nusra militia, which is an Al Qaeda affiliated organization, and it's part of the so called opposition in Syria. So you support Al Qaeda and then you say, well we've been attacked by Al Qaeda. Now what is it? It's it's an absolute it's a big lie. The whole thing is a big lie. And it's now surfacing um, because uh US actions overtly support al-Qaeda-affiliated organizations. It's not simply that those are hidden. They supported the Libya Islamic Fighting Group, which is al-Qaeda-affiliated, trained by the CIA. They support the Syrians, uh, al-Nusra, and various other organizations. And then uh, then the the Obama administration says, well, we are being attacked by al-Qaeda-affiliated organizations. But the, the issue of who is behind it is never uh, heralded as a relevant concept.
0: Now there is admitted evidence of an FBI connection to these accused bombers, the two brothers, specifically to the older brother. The authorities have even admitted that the FBI has had contact with him and his relatives claim that uh, he was being monitored for years uh, by the FBI.
1: Certainly, there's evidence that the FBI has so-called interviewed uh, the, the suspects. Uh, there's evidence of harassment. Of course, the media reports will not, will not say that. Um, so that, in, in a sense, these suspects have been on, they've been on the radar of the fbi for years they they know who they are they've been following them around and uh... i would suspect again we have no evidence to that fact at this stage that this is a staged event that these uh... these two young men were used in some way by the fbi to perform to do certain things or to be at somewhere at a particular time and they are used as patsies, and that this essentially is a false flag operation. Uh, but the fact that they knew who these, um, uh, these suspects were uh, way back, if these suspects had been a threat uh, to the security uh, of, um, of the United States and, and of the Boston Marathon, one would expect that they would have been arrested immediately. Uh, or that they would have yeah taken into custody that event that that marathon event was uh, was swarming with with police sniffer dogs uh, private security guards which were deployed uh and uh, the fact that this bomb attack could take place unnoticed uh without the intervention of of this uh, massive security apparatus is something which has to be questioned as well
0: We also have a lot of media reports of shootouts, uh, shootouts between uh, the two accused uh, brothers and the police. But have there been any evidence at all that these two kids even had any guns?
1: There's no evidence to that effect and and a lot of the a lot of the reports are very contradictory uh i I mentioned earlier the issue of the seven eleven store uh which they had attacked or you know they they were involved in some kind of a theft and that that was fabricated there's no evidence that the, they even had weapons uh and there's been no there's there's been no report to that effect and uh you know Anybody who has a minimal grasp of, of this context and situation visibly sees that, that these two kids, they're not part of any kind of organized structure. They're two, just two individuals.
0: Well, the fact that these two kids uh, are now accused of being terrorists, and they're actually American citizens, aren't they? What does this bode for the future? Well, I think
1: it's an important watershed because it points to the notion of so-called homegrown terrorism. These are American citizens, but normally American citizens are subjected to, uh, to the laws of the land. But now the implication is that The anti-terrorist legislation should also be applied uh, to Americans, to U.S. citizens. And at the same time, it suggests, and this is nothing new in in national security doctrine, it suggests that in addition to the foreign terrorists, they are the so-called homegrown terrorists. And these homegrown terrorists need not necessarily be Muslims. They could be, they could be uh, activists. Uh, I recall that a few years back, in Bush's second term, there was uh, a categorization of potential terror threats. And um, they were talking about homegrown terrorists, which could be Identified with so called radical groups or what they called disgruntled employees, people who were unemployed. Uh, in other words, the notion was that Islamic terrorists was one category, but there were other categories of terrorists uh, which were non Muslim and which could be associated with people uh, who are opposed to the U.S. government in various ways, including labor leaders and student groups and so on. Uh, We must understand that this uh, Boston bombing event is occurring at the crossroads of a major social crisis. I should say a major social and economic crisis at the global level, unprecedented in world history. It is also at the crossroads of a major uh, military adventure where the United States is threatening countries all over the world, uh, but particularly in the Middle East and also in, in in the Far East. And the Boston bombing tends to distract people's attention from other dimensions of this global crisis, and it also weakens their ability to resist at a time when the U.S. government is cutting Medicare, it's cutting Medicaid, Social Security, and so on. So of course this is relevant because it's intended to it's intended to tame public opinion. It's intended to to disarm people's ability to question a political and economic order. And um, you know this event and not suggesting that this event was planned to coincide with, with other events. But we are in a period of tremendous turmoil at, at this juncture. We see the collapse of financial markets, the collapse of the gold market. We see the, the threats directed against North Korea, the showdown in, in the Far East. Uh, we see the situation in Syria. We see the evolving war threats directed against Iran and the possibility that this might eventually lead into a a, a large-scale regional war in the Middle East. Um, These massive casualty-producing events, as suggested by uh, General Tommy Franks, perform a function. The function is to subdue the population into accepting the authority of their leaders. Um, It is there to... Uh, create fear, it is there to intimidate and to subordinate people and it, it is being implemented at a time of global crisis, of economic and social crisis coupled with, with a military adventure,
0: uh, which is also eating up a large share of tax dollars Michelle Chosodowski, thank you very much. I'm
1: delighted to be on on uh, Guns and Butter, which I think is at the forefront of truth in media, informing people across the land as to what's going on in the united states and and around the world. Thank you very much. If something happens-
0: Been speaking with Michelle Chosadovsky. Today's show has been Boston Truth: The Suspects. Who is behind Al-Qaeda? Michelle Czosodowski is director of the Center for Research on Globalization, based in Montreal, Quebec. The global research website, globalresearch.ca, publishes news articles, commentary, background research, and analysis on a broad range of issues. Michiel Cheserowski is the author of The Globalization of Poverty and the New World Order, War and Globalization, The Truth Behind September 11th, and America's War on Terrorism, as well as numerous articles. He is a co-editor and contributor to a new anthology, the Global Economic Crisis, The Great Depression of the 21st Century. Many economists and investigative journalists have contributed to this new volume. Visit the Center for Research on Globalization website at www.globalresearch.ca. That's globalresearch.ca. Guns and Butter is produced by Bonnie Faulkner and Yaro Mako. To leave comments, order copies of shows, Email us at Faulkner at yahoo.com. That's B-L-F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R at yahoo.com. Visit our website at www.gunsandbutter.org. That's G-U-N-S-A-N-D-B-U-T-T-E-R dot O-R-G. For the real revolution Which is the evolution of the mind If you seek, then you shall find That we all come from the divine You dig what I'm saying?
1: Now if you take heed to the words of wisdom That are written on the walls of life Then universally We will stand And divided we will fall Because love conquers all You understand what I'm saying? This is a call for all you sleeping souls Wake up and take control of the own. Be on the lookout for the spirit snipe trying to steal your life You know what I'm saying? Look what inside you yourself for peace give thanks
0: live life and release You dig me, you got me?